This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Mike Francesa Football Friday Podcast, our last one of the season in essence, because uh, by the time you get to next Friday, you are so uh, footballed out. You're just dying to get to the game, anything. You'll, you'll watch a movie. You'll go out. You'll do anything to just get to the game and not hear any more. You've already seen probably in this week off uh, enough analysis and enough nonsense, uh, these silly things that people spend their time on trying to uh, get you involved or captivate you, be interested in silly things like the national anthem or the uh, – you know, what the weather's going to be in Vegas or any, any you know, something with uh, Kelsey and Taylor Swift or whatever it might be. Uh, the bottom line is we should have a real good football game. Um, I don't know that you can make the case the two best teams got here, but the two best teams don't always get here. Um, but two very good teams got here, uh, teams that are championship-level teams. San Francisco is one. They've been – getting close and nibbling at it in recent years. And the chiefs obviously are a win away from a very, very special place. They've already done stupendous work in recent years. Their run of AFC title games, their Super Bowl visits, the the fact they've already won two. Should Andy and Mahomes have this one? And you know, there's always a little more, a little, a little more uh, touch and a little more dusting with immortality for the quarterback and the coach. Um, should they win this third, they not only become a modern dynasty, they become one of the great tandems in the history of the sport. They'll be remembered forever. Andy Reid already will be remembered forever in the annals of the sport. And clearly, Mahomes was a lot of football left in his in his life. And there's no guarantees he's going to spend them all in the Super Bowl. I can tell you now he won't. There'll be a run in his career where he won't get here for a while. He won't have the underpinnings. He won't have the supporting cast. He won't have Andy, whatever it may be at the time. But he will have already achieved immortality with one more win and still have a lot of career left to play. Uh, so it, it is, from that standpoint, an historical game from the Kansas City Chief side and a game that would uh, quench a lot of thirst from the San Francisco side. They're a talented team. They've been close. They've been here. They've played the Chiefs, as we know. They led the Chiefs and were a play, in my mind, away from winning the game, as we know, with a different quarterback. Uh, but now it's Purdy against Mahomes. And the Chiefs have a couple of injuries. I don't see that the Niners have any that will uh, hurt them come Super Sunday. Uh, of course, the podcast is brought to you by the good folks at Bet Rivers. Remember, download the Bet Rivers app for all of your wagering needs, whether it's for the next week's Super, uh, 
Super Bowl or the Final Four or any of the big events that are ahead of us, the NBA playoffs, whatever, Stanley Cups, golf, whatever it may be, just download the Bet Rivers app and away you go. And remember, Bet Rivers is offering a second chance bet on your first same game parlay on the big game. Place a qualifying same game parlay on the big game. If your bet loses, you get a bonus bet equal to your wager. Now, with your same game parlay bet, you also earn a square that can be worth as much as $10,000. See the Bet Rivers app for full details and bet on the big game at Big at Bet Rivers. So, for whatever your wagering needs are, your entertainment needs, whatever it may be, go to the Bet Rivers app, download it, you'll get everything that you need. Now, we're going to spend, obviously, a couple of days before the game. I've already told you that I'm on the Chiefs bandwagon. I have been. I was in the Buffalo game. I was in the Baltimore game. I will be in this game, whether I get one point, two points, whatever I get. And the reason why is I think that they are classic winners in every way. This is not detracting anything from San Francisco. But when I look at the game, Chiefs have an edge in the coaching staff with Andy and with Spags, and Spags deserves his due here. He will formulate a terrific game plan. His young defense has done a sensational job. Chris Jones is critical, and he will be a free agent. It's going to be interesting to see if they can keep him. If they win this game, do they not try to keep him? You know, they have to make an economic decision here. We'll see what happens after this game, but he will highlight the free agent market. Um. Or will he stay with the Chiefs? We'll see. Now, they're better. They get a check in the coaching department. They obviously get a check in the quarterback department. That's not knocking Purdy. You're talking about one of the real special players at the position in the history of the sport. They get a check on defense. Their defense is better than the Niner defense. Nine in defense is going to be predicated on one thing and one thing only. Can their edge rushes beat the very suspect Kansas City tackles? They have to. If they don't, they're not going to win this game. And Kansas City has a big edge, and I see a big edge here with the place kickers. Kansas City's going to make their kicks. I don't know if San Francisco will. I wouldn't trust them at all. And that could be a big, big factor late in the game. Now, San Francisco is going to move the ball on them. They're going to run the ball on them. Uh, the Chiefs will bend. They won't break. I think it's going to be a very good game. I think it, you know the, Chief, the, uh, the Niners have terrific firepower. And I'm not disparaging their defense, but... Their defense can give up a lot of yards, as it did to the Lions. Lions, who have a great offensive line, and once again, their offensive line, led by Sewell at right tackle, who played probably like the best offensive lineman in the league this year, was just sensational. 
I mean, you have two guys in Sewell and on the Niners side and Trent Williams who are just great, really terrific players. Sewell, of course, is not here. He's with the Lions, but I'm talking about Trent Williams now. Trent Williams is, is great. And, you know, both those guys graded out very high, as you would expect, in their respective title games. Now, it's not too early to think about free agency. When this game ends, you're going to be a couple of weeks away from all the things that start to happen, and you're about five weeks away, maybe a little less from the start of the NFL year. And that means the start of free agency. And if you're the Jets and the Giants, Giants will draft six, Jets will draft 10. For the Giants, it's a little more of a mixed bag, but they still have to work on the continuity and the cohesiveness and the overall structure of their offensive line and make some very important decisions. But they have some pieces in place. Well, for the Jets, to me, I don't want to hear, and I hear people talking about offense, uh, talking about wide receivers. Hey, you can find wide receivers. This draft is loaded, loaded with wide receivers. If you're taking 10 and you're the Jets, all right, and you don't take Joe Alt if he's available or the Penn State tackle if he's available both you know six eight six six guys the penn state tackle probably a little more athletic the alter guy who if you remember his father was a first round pick as an offensive lineman uh now joe will be a first round pick as an offensive lineman and then from there start shopping uh, Tyron Smith is a free agent. I love Jonah Jackson from Detroit. I would grab him in a second from the Jets. Kevin Dotson. Okay, there are, there's some guys down the list who are free agents who are okay. They can play, and they're a big upgrade for the Jets, and they're settling. But if I'm the Jets, I'm starting at the top of the list. I'm taking a, a first-round draft pick at tackle. And then I am starting on the free agent offensive lineman with Hunt, who I don't know what the Dolphins are going to do with him, with Tyron Smith, who's going to cost a lot of money. He's 33 years old, but that's the only thing you're going to have against him. He is a terrific player. Jonah Jackson, I love. Uh, Dotson, go down the list. Jonah Williams, Zeitler. There are guys available, and the Jets have to add every. I don't care if they have to make concessions to get these guys in there. In other places, they have to have what comes across and let it get cohesive, get some guys who are tough, who are flexible, who are versatile, who have proven it, and get them in there. Because this offensive line can't be anything but above average next year if you want a 40-year-old star quarterback. And I have no doubt 
that Aaron Rodgers can still bring it. I have no doubt that he can still throw the ball around. I have no doubt he can still bring his magic to the game. But he needs a line that does more than the normal line does in terms of pass protection. And this has got to be there for them. Without any question, has got to be there for them. And they are right now, well, by the time they finish that game and you start that week, you're talking about the 11th as, as Super Sunday. You're a month away from the start of the season, the NFL year. Started a month away from free agency. You have to be ready to jump into free agency with both, both feet and grab these offensive linemen. And if you don't, and something happens to Rodgers, hey, the only thing standing between everybody who makes any decisions football-wise for Woody Johnson, general manager, personnel guys, coaches, the only thing that stands between them and the unemployment line is Aaron Rodgers. Because if he crashes next year, they're all gone. You, they're all gone. There's not even an issue about that. So it has to start, and it should be planned out, and they should have been over this list already 9,000 times. I'm sure they have been. If they're not, they need to be doing something else. One of the things that will be fascinating in free agency, and you're going to watch, and it's going to be another cold whack in the face for these guys. You see the running backs who are free agents? You got Barkley, of course. Jacobs, Henry, Eckler, Pollard. Why? Because they don't value them the same way, and they're not going to pay them. They would rather draft a young kid who's got fresh legs, add somebody who's a veteran, or add somebody who's got a couple of years on in, in the league, have two backs, guy who can run it, a guy who can score from in tight, and a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield, pick up the blitz, do the versatile things, have that. Hey, Chiefs are in the Super Bowl with a running back who they got the back of the draft. Go down the list. You can get running backs and wide receivers anywhere in the draft. And running backs, unlike wide receivers, you know, T. Higgins, even Evans at 31, they're getting paid. They're either getting paid by their teams. Well, Higgins isn't even going to be on the Bengals. We know that. I don't think Evans is going back to Tampa. Maybe they bring him back, but I doubt it. He'll probably be a free agent. And he's got some age on him, but he's still tremendous. He's coming off a great year. Those guys are free agents. I mean, so is Calvin Ridley as an example. Um, but you go down the list in the draft this year, there are so many good wide receivers, it's crazy. But when everyone talks about and everyone obsesses with the Giants with Barkley, hey, here's the bottom line. Barkley's not going to find a pot of gold somewhere else. It's not like he's going to go free agent 
and some team is going to be waiting there with this huge contract. It's not happening. Look at the guys who are going to be available. They're the top of the league at running back. Barkley, Jacobs, Henry, Eckler. I mean, come on. It's the top of the league. And their shelf life for running backs is not long. Nobody wants a running back who's entering his sixth and seventh year. No way. Not enough tread on the tire. Now, quarterbacks, different story. You know, Cousins, I, I know he wants to go back to Minnesota. He could command a big buck. Even at his age, he, he's 36, he could command a big buck. Mayfield could command a big buck this year. They're both free agents. They could, I mean, Mayfield, if he went to the – doesn't, and I think he's going back to Tampa. I think Tampa's going to make a deal with him. But if he hits the free agent market, there's going to be a lot of teams bidding for him. Why? Because he played well last year. He led – and he put up numbers. And Cousins has been maligned forever, but you know what? He's highly productive. I understand he hasn't had the career in the playoffs that you want, but you can say that about a bunch of quarterbacks, including one in Baltimore. Who's going to pull down his second MVP. But if you are the Giants... You're thinking, I got to put the finishing touches on my offensive line. I'd like to find a quarterback that I can develop. I'm not going to be in on those first couple of guys at six. I have to move up. It's going to be very costly to move up. At six, I doubt, you know, one of those first three guys, and I'm including Daniels in that, they're both, I think they're all gone in the first three. The three quarterbacks have gone in the first five picks. Probably three quarterbacks and two receivers in the first five. And well, the Giants can get a quarterback at six. If they got the right guy, I couldn't quibble with that. They're in a little different position, but they still need to work on that offensive line. The Jets at 10 should have one of these tackles fall to them, and they can't pass them up. They can't say, oh, I can't believe this wide receiver fell to 10. Uh-uh. I'm sorry. Go get a wide receiver in free agency. What you have for on the second and third, fourth round? That's fine. And you can get a million of them. League's full of them. Guys drafted in the mid-rounds who turn out to be terrific wide receivers. And how many teams do you see now when you're watching games where every team has got a burner? They got a little burner. A guy you haven't even thought of is a little burner who's all over the place. Every team's got one. And the Jets, even with their ineptitude, can find one also. So we will do the game, and I'm not going to do a lot of lengthy stuff next week because it's just I know you're tired of it by then. We'll give you a pick and why. I've kind of told you already, I'm, I'd kind of be hard for me not to take the Chiefs. Something bad would have to happen for me not to take the Chiefs in the game. Mahomes and points is hard to pass up. It really is. 
And I just like the way the Chiefs play in these games. They're cool. They're calm. They're collected. They got the quarterback. They got a terrific coach who I've always been fond of. And they've proven they know how to win. And that's a big part of it. A big, big part of it. That's why they're here. I mean, let's be honest. We've been watching Kansas City. Kansas City, if you remember, if you're an old enough NFL fan, you know, Kansas City went through a drought where they didn't do anything for decades. They couldn't get arrested in the playoffs. And now here they are in the AFC title game every single year. And because Philly just got tired of Andy. And Andy's record in Philly, you know, Andy's record in Philly, people don't realize, was really good. I mean, you're not talking about like a so-so record for Andy in Philly. Andy was terrific in Philadelphia. What he didn't do, as we all know, what he didn't do was he didn't win the big game. He didn't win the title game. Hey, I used to have people call me up and get on Jay Wright and say, oh, Jay Wright wins 30 games. He goes out in the second round. Yeah, he did early in his career. But you know what? He figured it out. Then he started going to the Final Four. Then he started winning championships. And then he started going to the Final Four and winning championships all the time. That's how these coaches are built. Andy Reid didn't do well in the NFC title game. He went to the Super Bowl once, and I still don't, to this day don't know exactly what happened to McNabb. I'd like to sit down with McNabb and go over it and let him be honest about what the heck went on at the end of that game. I have no idea, but it was very strange. As we know, it was very, very strange. But give the Chiefs credit because they were wandering in the football desert forever, for absolute ever. And they got a break that this coach, Andy and Philly, 5-11 and 11 his first year, 11-5, and 11-5, and 12-4, and 12-4, and 13-3. Six and ten, all right, a bad year. Ten and six, nine, six and one, eleven and five, ten and six. And then he went eight and eight, and then four and twelve. And they said, you know what? This has run its course. He had been to the playoffs a lot. He had been to the NFC title game a bunch of times. He had only won it once. A lot of bitter disappointment. They went to the Super Bowl and lost by three points to the Pats. More disappointment. They won the championship in Philly. He was there a long time. Won a lot of games. He was on the market, as we like to say, about 15 minutes. And since he's been in Kansas City, he's won 11, 9, 11, 12, 10, 12, 12, 14, 12, 14, and 11 in the regular season, not to mention been in the NFC AFC title game in year after year after year. 
year after year after year. And now back looking to win a third Super Bowl in his stay there. And now he's won more playoff games than anybody in the history of the sport except Bill Belichick because they coach more playoff games now than the old guys did. We know that. But he's also one of the winningest coaches in the history of the sport. Think about that. One of the winningest coaches in the history of the sport. And he will go down as a top five coach of all time based on his longevity. He's been a head coach for 25 years based on the fact how many games he's won and based on the fact that he has won and won and now he's got rings. And once you got rings, you put the final stamp on the whole puzzle. There's nothing you can pick on him about anymore. Now he's a giant. Now he's a coaching immortal. And here he is again, knocking on the door again, looking to become the first team in 20 years to go back to back. So we'll get into that next week and see if he gets there. I can tell you without a lot of drama that I think he's going to get there. You know, we haven't done a lot of college football yet, uh, college basketball yet. We are still six weeks away from the NCAA tournament, five weeks away from the Big East. Big East is going to be a heck of a tournament. You know, you got four teams at the top that are, and Seton Hall's the fourth, they've been the surprise. You knew Creighton and Marquette. And UConn were going to be good. Then you got four teams that are five and five, and St. John's is in that group. And Villanova's down in ninth place at four and six. St. John's is five and five, 13 and eight. They're in the NCAA tournament. But what would really solidify that and really not make it an issue to even have any thoughts about? Now, I think St. John's is making the NCAA tournament. Lost a tough game last night to Xavier. But they have a game Saturday afternoon that's going to be one of the biggest college basketball games in the garden in decades. St. John's hosting number one Connecticut Saturday, high noon, national TV, Fox. Should be a sold-out garden now. That is a little bit of a source point for the uh, St. John's folks because there's going to be probably as many UConn fans in the building as there are St. John fans. It's the way it is. UConn travels. They've got an incredible program. They're defending champions. They're ranked number one in the country. So Patino's talked about not playing, although he wants to play all his games in the garden, he doesn't want to play UConn in the garden anymore. He wants to play them somewhere where the UConn fans can't get tickets. He can turn that around where there'll be more St. John's fans there in the future. But this is going to be a game that it's going to be the biggest college basketball game played that I'm talking about a St. John's basketball game. I'm not talking about a Big East championship game or a Big East showdown or something like that. Let's not count the Big East in this. We're talking about a St. John's game in season at the Garden. This is going to be huge. Number one team in the country against St. John's. St. John's played them a heck of a game the first time they played. They lost 69-65. And in that game, 
what reared its head was what reared its head again last night and lost to Xavier. St. John's does a lot of things right. First of all, they have a very deep team. They're one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. Their pressing defense and overall defense, especially defense on the three, which is critical in big games, is getting better. They're learning the Patino way. Patino teams improve because of the individual workouts and because of the way he gets through to them little by little and little and adds more and adds more and gives them more and gets more. And they have tremendous depth. The one thing they can't do Sometimes they can't protect the basketball. They don't have the purest of points. Jenkins is their guy, but he's not the purest of points. He's the guy who has to handle the ball and run the offense for the most part. Sometimes they run through other people, but through him mostly. But they have to, have to shoot the three better in big spots. That's got to improve for them if they are going to be able to win a game that they could have won last night. They're tied at 73. They battle back. They're tied at 73 in Xavier. And what happens? Xavier nails a couple of big threes. That Oliveri nails a couple of big threes. And St. John's can't make. They had a shot for the lead at 77-75. Shot for the lead. They missed it. Wide open tray. They shot 14% from three last night. They were two for 14. In the loss to UConn, they were four for 18. You're not going to beat UConn. You're not going to win a big game on opposing turf. You're not going to win an NCAA tournament game past the first round if you shoot in the teens or 20% from three. You're going to get run out. They have got to make and feel confident they can make more threes. That means Jenkins, and it really means a guy who hasn't done what I thought he would do for this team, and that's Dingle. Dingle has got to step up and make threes for this team. If he can do that, he can make a big difference. Now, we know that Dunlap can make a three, but he's not going to get the minutes that these other guys are going to get. He's not going to get the minutes. Dingle, Jenkins is going to lead the team in minutes. Dingle's going to play top five minutes. They have to be able to make the three. A couple of things I don't, like about St. John sometimes. Number one, that they don't get into the offense in the half court the way you would want them to. Number two, that they take the long two just inside the arc, which is the worst shot in basketball. And they take too many of those twos. You don't want those twos. You want to go to the basket or shoot the three. That's the way the game is played. That's the way the possessions are valued. 
they're just not as good from three as these other teams are. UConn, in the game, listen, example, Xavier beat St. John's last night. Xavier played at UConn on Sunday. Now, comparative scores isn't always worthwhile. Okay, we know that. And you don't want to always base on it. But to make a point, they beat Xavier 99-56. Now, that's absurd. Okay, they ran into a buzzsaw. The game was 39-8 to at one point. But the point I'm making is UConn shot 17 of 29 from three. That's 59% from three. You're not losing. Forget losing. There's no way to lose. Now, nobody's asking somebody to shoot 17 and 29, but the fact that you can do that is scary. And have 28 assists on your baskets while the opposition have six assists on their baskets. That gives you the vision of stagnant, Offense that is being controlled and offense that is just running to perfection. Soriano can be up and down. He's usually going to make, he's going to get his double-double. I don't always love him. He can be sometimes annoying with how he plays. But they have depth. They have toughness. They can play really good defense. They can turn you over. They commit a few too many turnovers for my liking themselves, and they don't take great shots. But it comes down that if you're going to pull the upsets, if you're going to get a couple of games deep into the NCAA tournament, St. John's has got to get people on the floor down the stretch who can knock down the three far more consistently. Otherwise, they're going to have a lot of heartbreaking losses because they play hard as heck. They have depth. They play great on the boards. They won't quit. They're well coached. Rick's a great coach, but they're not making their threes. And the two main guys have got to be Jenkins and Dingle. I mean, we got other guys that can, they got other guys who can make a three, no question. But those are the main guys who are going to have to do the job if they're going to win. And listen, they came close last time they played them. They really did. They came close. And this should be a heck of a scene and a heck of a game, and St. John has a chance to win it. But they're going to have to be better from three if they're going to win it. They're not going to win it at two for 14. They're not going to win it for four for 18. They got to play D against the three, and they got to make some threes. If they do that, there's really nobody they can't beat on a good day. If you're telling me, hey, they're going to drop some threes today, I think they can play with any team in the country. But that's not a given for them by any stretch, but you know what? With Patino back, you were hoping for days like this where a number one team would come into your 
first of all, I have the number one team in the league. And the Big East has done a great job with the league. Really has. I mean, they have tremendous strength in this league. Every game's a, a tough game. There's so many good teams. There's so many good coaches. I mean, the league is really well run. You got to give them credit. They've done a terrific job with the league. But to have this game in New York on Saturday, high noon, sold out garden, number one team in the country, and taking on St. John's, hey, that's what you envision when you hire Patino. To have this moment, and he will relish this like crazy. And I'm looking forward to it. And yes, I'm going to go because I want to see it. So I'll be there. Have your first weekend without football. Don't withdraw too much. Won't be easy. You know, for those of you that plan your Sundays in the fall as rituals and they're always in the same place Sunday at 1, where can't miss, never fail, it's a tough transition. You miss the NFL not being on. But I hate to tell you, season's over. There's one game left, but the season's over. It's on to other things. And realize that you're only six weeks away from springtime. And the weather so far hasn't been, hasn't been bad. Although it's hard to take winter. It really is. Winters, and as you get older, winters just aren't any fun. They really aren't. Just, you know, it's just not fun. I know no one likes winter. Well, February is already here. March is around the corner. March is great if you like the basketball, and I do. I love it. Then you got the Masters. Before you know it, it's opening day, and you'll be complaining about the managers again complaining about the bullpen, complaining about the starters. Can you look at this rotation? Oh, this bullpen stinks. Oh, what about this? Oh, what about that? And you get to do that on a daily basis with baseball. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.